Welcome to the Doctrine Matters Podcast, where we seek to equip the church to understand and live out its faith. I'm your host, Stephen Dew. I'm the preaching pastor at South Caraway Baptist Church in Jonesboro, Arkansas. We want to thank you for joining us today, and let's get right to today's episode. Well, the coronavirus is here for a little while longer. It seems like that's all we've talked about lately because that's all that's been on the news. That's all that's been on social media. That's all that we have had to talk about. As a result, as from our last episode that you may remember, many churches have uh, chosen to move their gatherings online. And uh, some churches have chosen to stay open. Now, uh, this, is, again, is, is something that should be held by every leader their decision should be held in high regard uh we should respect their decision whether to remain open and gather as the church physically or whether to gather as the church online so we should not uh, put a, a division or cause disunity amongst brothers and whatever has been chosen by each autonomous church. That's the beauty of church being autonomous and not being ruled or governed or reigned by any other hierarchy, but uh, each church makes their own decisions. So we find ourselves in unprecedented times, and we see these things happening. We see churches moving one way or the other. But what I wanted to talk about today is what now? Right, so we have many people. There, if you look on any website that has anything to do with church, you're going to find uh, you're going to find a, a response from the church as to how they are handling handling this COVID nineteen, what they're going to do, what church services are going to look like moving forward, and you see a lot of these things, especially on Facebook groups and and different things on social media. You're finding pastors that are scrambling, trying to preach on a live stream. Um, you're finding pastors that are trying to figure out how to go online to YouTube Live or Facebook Live or uh, whatever live they can get on to preach their Sunday morning message so that everybody can still hear it. Now, I understand that uh, that is one way to do things, but here's something that I want to run by you guys. This is something that I've been preaching on for uh, a while now, and my church knows this, is we preach that the husband is the head of the the husband and the father, both one and the same, are the head of their family. And the husband should be leading the family in family worship. The husband should be the one that reads scripture. They should sing together. This is something that should happen separately from the Sunday worship gatherings. This is something that we should be doing as husbands and fathers in our own families is leading them in family worship. It doesn't take um, a whole lot of uh, planning and studying to lead your family in worship. You can grab a book to go through. You can go through some scripture in the Bible. You can study the scripture if you would like. But there's many helps out there that help uh, men lead their families in family worship. But here's the thing. This is why I preach on it at our church, and our people know this, is that you cannot entrust one hour of your time to me as a pastor or to you, you you can't do that to your pastor either and think you're going to be okay. Many of us probably like sports and we have an, uh, maybe having sports withdrawals. And if you're like me, you've replaced it with a ton of movies. We've watched a ton of movies every night's movie night in our house. And, um, I'm glad for that. I'm thankful for that. But if we take sports, for example, you can take LeBron James 
he could be the most gifted athlete, and, and he may be one of the most gifted. He is one of the most gifted athletes we've ever seen in our time. But when LeBron James was coming up, he could have the most raw, natural talent he could have. But if he didn't practice, if he didn't work hard, if he didn't stay in the gym, then he was never going to be anything other than just a good ball player with natural talent. But because LeBron James worked at it, because LeBron James uh, did things and that most ball players probably could never dream about, uh, he became one of the greatest players to ever play the game. He didn't just go and uh, play the games and that's it. That's kind of like what Allen Iverson wanted to do years ago. If you remember Allen Iverson, he just he wanted to skip practice because it's just practice. We talking about practice, man. That's what he would say. Skipping practice and that's no big deal. But you can't be great and not put forth the effort. So in other words, when it comes to our Sunday morning gatherings, you can't just go to a Sunday morning gathering. You can't just go to Sunday school and the worship time and expect everything in your life to be awesome. You can't expect that two hours or one hour that you spend gathered as the church, you can't expect that to be what what is going to keep you moving and what's going to fuel you for the rest of the week. We see this a lot of times in youth ministry is the parents want to bring their kids to the youth pastor when they get older to 16, 17, 18 years old, and we'd say, fix them. Well, w- what are you doing in the home? That should be the first question. I said, what does your family worship look like? How are you leading your family in the home? And a lot of times there's, well, well, I, I don't know what you mean. What are you, what are you talking about? And that's the problem that we find ourselves in, especially in our world today, is men would rather take their kids and their families out to the lake They'd rather take them out to the ball game. They'd rather do so many different things rather than teach them the word of God, rather than train them up, rather than to uh, sing praises and hymns with them. They'd rather do anything else than to read scripture. But I'm here to tell you that we have to be men in our homes. Everything that happens on Sunday is a worship gathering It is a pouring out to God, being refilled by the saints, by God himself, through the saints. Uh, It's just an encouraging time. But we have to be, we have to be all week long. Every single day we have to be in the word. We have to be leading our families well. We have to be proclaiming the gospel to our kids, to our wife. We have to be doing all of these things. We have to put forth the work. We have to do these things to train our families up, to keep us in the word, to keep us focused on the right things. We can't just let Sunday mornings be it. Which brings me to my thoughts for today's episode. We can't find ourselves in these times, or we do find ourselves in these times, but we can't let this time go to waste. We can't let this God-ordained providential virus go to waste And some of you are like, what are you talking about? Let this thing, we need to get this thing out of here. It's going to go on God's timing. Everything is under his providential hand and his sovereign care. And this has not escaped that one bit. And I fully believe it. And we cannot waste this time that God has given us. Our leaders are encouraging us to stay home. Our leaders are encouraging us not to leave our homes unless we need to go to the grocery store or to the pharmacy, or do some sort of essential travel. They're not necessarily shutting our state down, but they're encouraging that and recommending that. I mean, we can all go get a a hamburger right now down the road at Burger King if we wanted to. Um, So things aren't really shut off like they are in California and New York, and I'm here in Illinois now. But 
um, we have been recommended to stay home. And with that, with the churches moving to an online platform, I want to think through some things together that could potentially put what we hear into practice. In other words, this is an opportunity for men to step up in their homes and instead of going to listen to a pastor, if or let me say this for lack of better words, for instead of going to listen to a professional on a live stream, watching him on a screen, why not turn that screen off and the father say, hey, here's a scripture we're going to read. We're going to read the scripture. We're going to pray this prayer. We're going to sing a couple hymns together. These don't have to be uh, just crazy songs that y'all don't know. You can sing Amazing Grace together as a family. You can sing songs that you know that honor God and exalt Him and have great theology in them. You can sing old hymns, newer songs. You can do what you want, but sing some songs. This is a perfect opportunity for uh, the the Father to open up the Word of God and to read the passage from the Word and... Uh, expound on it in such a way and maybe he can't really expound on it maybe he doesn't understand how to read and study the text as well as a pastor would but he can still lead his family through the word of god there are so many helps out there online that can help uh, bring forth this uh, family worship this study time through the word many pastors and this is what i'm gonna think about doing with our congregation if we move to this and, and i'm hoping that we do as long as we have to stay away but uh, we're evaluating week after week. Hopefully, we can gather really soon. Uh, I don't like being an online church, but I want to push our people to have house churches on their own and with their own families. Get up at whatever time worship gatherings normally are. Ours are at 10 o'clock. At 10 o'clock, start your family worship. And what I'd like to do is I'd like to create a guide to help our families that are going through family worship that might not be able to gather at the campus to worship right now, but can. Uh, and I don't want them to watch me on a screen, right? Um, I want to do some things throughout the week to help them. But ultimately, I want this be, to be a time for men and women to step up and say, we are going to lead our families in family worship. And I say women for this reason. Women, you may have to encourage your husband to do what's right, to be the leader of the home, to step up and open the word. And somebody, and if he says, well, I'm not a preacher, uh, you can tell him, yes, you are. We are, all pro, we are all called to proclaim the gospel if we are believers in Christ. And listen, if your husband isn't a believer, and then I say, ladies, and some of you may disagree with me on this, but I think there's a time when ladies are going to have to step up and lead their kids and teach their kids the Bible. Matter of fact, the woman is the helpmate for the father, so the wife is the helpmate to the husband, so the wife is also uh, instrumental in bringing the gospel and teaching the gospel to their children. So this is a time where if you have an unbelieving husband or if your husband just won't do it, you may have to step up because what we're talking about is two different things when it comes to women uh, being silent in the church, right? Women do not hold office of elders, right? They are not pastors in the church. That's my conviction as I see it from Scripture. That's another episode for another time. But we can see women, you step up. If, you're, if your husband won't, you step up and lead your family in worship. You can read the scriptures. You can talk to them about the gospel. You can lead and help them sing some songs about Jesus, about the greatness of our God. 
And I, I would hope nobody would disagree with me on that because we need, if men won't do it in their homes, women can be the next thing to step up and say, if my helper, if the one I'm supposed to help is not going to stand up and lead as God has called him to lead this family, then I'm going to have to do it myself. So uh, we can discuss that if that's biblical, if that's okay, but I personally think it is because we need people preaching the gospel in the homes and it starts with the husband. And every man that is in Christ, he is the head of his family, and his wife is in submission to him underneath, and then the kids come after that. So we need men to step up and lead their families. We need men to step up and make the gospel a priority in their families. We need men to step up and make the word of God a priority. We need men to step up to say once we can gather with the saints again, we need to make going and gathering as the church body collectively a priority again. One of the greatest things that I'm hoping happens as a result of this coronavirus is that men and women would turn back to God and our our church buildings would be full and overrun with people that are coming to give God nothing but sweet adoration and praise as they are obedient to him through singing, through giving, through listening to the word and being obedient to the word when they leave throughout the week. It is my prayer that this would start a some sort of revival that would spark, that we would move all of the fog machines and all of the lights and all of the stage decorations, and we would bring it down to the Word of God, that we would get back to what is the foundation of the church, and that's the Word, with Christ Jesus being the cornerstone. I hope and pray that this will turn our people, turn America. I pray that people are saved through this pandemic. I pray that God do amazing things, but ultimately, I pray that God would cause men to lead their families well. Even if they aren't equipped or feel equipped to do so, we are all in this together. We all have friends and pastors that we can reach out to and and, and call upon to help lead our families in worship. There's so many helps online of how to lead a family in worship, and I'll probably uh, put some links on the Facebook page, on the Doctrine Matters podcast Facebook page, and even the Twitter page, and so let people go and and link to see how and get some helps on how to lead their families in worship. But that is something else I I wanted you to think about during this time is, yes, we, we pastors, listen, if you're a pastor, you love to stand and proclaim the Word of God. You are called to do it. You desire to do it. And if you're not called and desire it, then you need to stop doing it. Because I know beyond a shadow of a doubt, the Bible teaches that this is a calling and this is a noble task that we must desire. So if you don't desire to stand and preach the whole counsel of God, then you need to start looking for another profession. Because I'll be honest with you, I love to stand and proclaim the word of God. And the thing about standing and proclaiming the word of God is I have stood and sat and proclaimed it to myself at least four or five times before I ever step into that pulpit. So I know exactly how sweet, how penetrating, and how uh, just how the Word will cut you open and convict you. So I love the Word of God, and I love to teach the Word of God. But this is a time for you as a pastor to really teach and love on your families and your congregation. This is a beautiful time to put what you have probably taught them into action. This is a time where you can say, hey, men, lead your families. Lead them on the Lord's day in worship. This is a perfect time for you to train them in how to do so. 
because these are trying times we're living in. We are all looking at things differently. We all have many different um, ways of thinking through this thing about whether we should gather, whether we should not, and what not gathering physically looks like, what that looks like as far as online or if that's, I don't know, what else there is, text message, send a letter, I don't know. We're all thinking innovatively, so to speak. We're coming up with new ways to gather as the church. Uh, One of the new ways I mentioned uh, on the last episode is our Wednesday night gathering may be through the Zoom conferencing app where we do a a Zoom. And even that is good. We're gathered together, but that's only a a midweek thing that we can do just for fellowship together, really. But ultimately, again, the men of the home should be leading and leading well. And I want to encourage you, if you're a man that's listening and you say, well, I want to do that, but I'm kind of ashamed. Listen, here's the thing you're going to run into as a man. Your family knows you better than anyone else does other than God, right? Your family knows all your faults, all your sin, all your flaws. They know when you get upset, when you get angry. They know when you do something stupid, when you say something stupid, because they see it all. And men, it's going to be really easy for you to say, well, my wife will not listen to me because she knows who I am. And let me tell you something. If that's the way you think, then welcome to being a man. But I also want to tell you something that I've learned and that, I, that I've under, come to know and understand is that if you have a believing wife, regardless of her knowing your sins, she is longing for you to step up and lead their, your family. She is longing for you to step up and pray with the family and love on the family and care for the family with and through the word of God. She's longing for you to preach the gospel to your family. So don't let what your family knows about you deter you from leading them in family worship because I, I can be honest with you, my family knows me. Even as a pastor, I've done and said some stupid things. They know my faults. They know my sins. Yet when I sit down to study the Bible with them, when I teach them, when I go through uh, this book we're going through as a family, it's called Theology. You can get it off the Ligonier website if you can get it. They've sold, been sold out for a long time. It's simple. It's easy. gives you scripture you can read with the kids. We go through it, and, and you can add to, take a, you can add to, expound on in greater detail with your kids if you want to. But listen, every time you sit down and do that, it, it does something inside of you as a man. And it, it does something for you to long to be better in front of them, to be better with them, to help them see you differently than they may have seen you in the past. It, it causes you to want to live an obedient life to Christ and walk in a manner worthy of your calling. And men, I'm challenging you on this episode to find somebody to help walk you with, walk through this with you, to help you lead your family. And if you can't find somebody before Sunday, if you don't have a church gathering, either online or physically Sunday, take Sunday to start it. And I would simply do this. Open the Bible, read Psalm chapter 1. Read it, sing together. Psalm chapter 1 is one of the relatively easiest psalms to look at and realize you don't need much study to see what Psalm chapter 1 is saying. You don't need much, um, you don't need many commentaries. You don't need anybody to really go in depth as to exactly what this means. Let me read Psalm chapter 1 to you. So I want to encourage you, again, if you, if you don't have a gathering either online or a uh, physical gathering Sunday, sit your family down and do this. Just open up the Bible, 
read Psalm chapter 1. It says this, Blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the wicked, nor stands in the way of sinners, nor sits in the seat of scoffers. But his delight is in the law of the Lord, and on his law he meditates day and night. See, right out of the gate we see that blessed is the man, or happy is the man, or or God is uh, pleased with the man, if you will. But you are blessed if you do not walk in the counsel of the wicked, if you don't sit in the seat of scoffers, if you don't stand in the way of sinners, if you are not giving yourself to sin, then you're blessed because your delight is on the law of the Lord. Your delight is on the word. And you meditate on it day and night. He is like a tree, verse 3, planted by streams of water that yields its fruit in its season, and its leaf does not wither. And all he does, he prospers. The wicked are not so, but are like the chaff that the wind drives away. Therefore the wicked will not stand in the judgment, nor sinners in the congregation of the righteous. For the Lord knows the way of the righteous, but the way of the wicked will perish. This is unrighteousness and righteousness. This is unbeliever, believer. We see that, that a believer is like a tree planted by the water. It will yield fruit a Christian that is a believer will show fruit of being a believer, and this is not an in-depth ex- explanation, but you see how easy this can be just reading Psalm 1. The wicked are not like that. They're not going to produce good fruit. They're going to be burned down in judgment. They're going to receive the full wrath of God because they have been unrepentant and unbelieving. So as a believer, we must produce good fruit and not walk in the way of sinners. Something easy like that is something that you can talk to with your family. Now, that is just a really quick shooting from the hip, read through Psalm 1. Now, you can go as deep as you want to on that, or you can uh, leave it just kind of, it doesn't, you don't have to teach for an hour. You don't have to teach for 30 minutes. You can teach for 5, 10 minutes after you read the passage. You could have one of your kids read the passage. You could have um, one of your kids talk through what this means you can talk as a family have a conversation about it there's so many things you can do for family worship and you don't have to make it hard you don't have to have a doctorate in ministry to lead your family you don't have to have a master's or even a degree at all you can be a construction worker you can be uh whatever your job is right you could be a lawyer you could be like i said a construction worker you could be a delivery driver, a warehouse worker. Hey, you can be anything you are right now and still lead your family in worship. And I say that to say this, that you, many people are going to say, well, I don't understand, I don't know, I'm just an unschooled ordinary man. So were the disciples. They just read and understood. We see that the disciples, these unschooled ordinary men, wrote these books of the Bible, and it was the power of the Holy Spirit helping them write it. It was God himself writing these words through these men. So we can read the Bible and God will reveal things to us in his word to help us understand it. But the key is reading it. So start with reading your Bible every day. Teach it to your kids. Sit down with them. Talk with with them through what you've read and studied through that day. On the Lord's day, gather with them. Sing hymns. Sing songs of grace to them or with them to the Father. Uh, open the word, pray together. Man, there's so many different prayers you can pray. Look, I'll do a podcast sometime on each of these prayers, but there's prayers of adoration that give God glory. 
through prayer, prayers of confession and assurance that you're confessing to God that you're a sinner, but uh, because of the salvation that you have, there's grace through faith that you can stand assured of that salvation you have. You stand forgiven, but we still have to have this ongoing confession because we're sinners until we uh, stand before Jesus face to face. And I, wanna, I don't want to get too deep into these prayers right now, but there's a prayer of illumination. There's a prayer of lament. There's a pastoral prayer. There's so many different prayers that you can pray with your family. So look up some of these things on Google. Be careful, the sources. Ask somebody if you're uh, uh, unsure of a source. There's so many terrible things out there. So we don't want you to be teaching heresy to your family. Talk to your pastor. Talk to your Sunday school leader. Talk to a small group leader. Talk to a friend, a brother in Christ. Get them to help you out and show you how to better lead your family. And if you're a pastor, think through this. Maybe this is a direction you might want to go until you're able to gather again wherever you are physically. So think through teaching and leading your people to have family worship on the Lord's Day so that they're growing in grace and holiness and faith, and they're doing it by the grace of God in their own living rooms. This is just something to think through. I know many other pastors that are much more wise than I am. Uh, Greater named pastors have already talked through these issues. Uh, But these are some things that I'm thinking through personally, and I just wanted to come on here and share them quickly with you. So uh, I I am very thankful that you've listened. If you have any comments, questions, concerns, feel free to comment on the Facebook page, uh, Twitter, or send an email to the podcast, doctrinematterspodcast at gmail.com, and uh, I will make sure to respond to you. But I love watching what these pastors are doing. But I'd love for you to think through about giving your people the ability to step out and begin family worship on the Lord's Day and not rely on a live stream. Technology's faulty. Not rely on picking up and turning on YouTube of one of the celebrity pastors as we know them, but to humbly pastor their families in their own homes. With that being said, we're out, and uh, I'll talk to you next time. Thank you for your time. Thank you for listening. Love you guys. Have a great weekend. And look forward to talking to you again real soon. God bless.